Hello, and welcome again to another video, a spiritual teaching for you, little one. Yeah, we're coming to you again out of my living room, but really, we're all in the spirit. We're in the Garden of Eden today, where we're all here to hear words of spirit and life. Welcome to all of you, especially those that just got some deliverance last night. That's right. And those that are living in great fear and their souls are tormented. Welcome, little ones. Yeah. Today you'll be strengthened and encouraged. And you'll hear some wonderful, wonderful words to your spirit. From out of the realm of space and time, from out of the world that's beyond your natural eyes, beyond all the galaxies that are billions and billions of light years away, out in the realm of the spirit. This word of encouragement is a letter that was dictated to me to bring to you. It's called My Dear Spiritual Child Letter from me, Agape Love himself. That's him right there. His rays, can you see him? They are speaking out to you in this letter for your spirit. Yes, he is. He's a talking God. He's a loving father. His rays of love and hope and his eternal covenant are always speaking out to us right here in the Garden of Eden. The actual word Garden of Eden means the garden, the place of his spiritual presence. We're here on earth. No, you're not dead. Those who are dead due to their physical body being destroyed. By war, bombs, sickness, disease, violence. Their spirits have left that body and are now up in heaven if they believe in this God of agape love. Oh, they'll get a new body and they're all coming back. So will we to a new earth. It won't be like this one. It'll be like the garden. Mm -hmm. So welcome. You who are still here on planet Earth, you might be in the womb, developing and growing. That's right. You can hear me. You might be in a baby that was just born. You might be in human trafficking, abused in hospitals, in comas, <clears throat> living in fear of death. Yeah. You might be a businessman, a politician. Who your spirit is asleep and serving others, frightened. Took an oath, maybe, to spiritually serve, not this God, but the God of this earth. To get riches and power and glory for you and for him. But you're still here, so there's still hope for you. So welcome. This is number 25 
yeah, of this letter. I'm working through many things that God gave to me that went into this letter. And let me show you who else he had me send out. Let me get him. It's the Teddy of Love. You see his heart there? God had God had me buy him at Walmart during Valentine's. And I would send these out to heavy metal musicians, witches, warlocks, satanic high priests. I even sent one to a count in England. Yeah, royalty. I sent them all over. I gave them to children. I gave them to teenagers. Yeah. The Teddy of Love. And he was a part of this letter. He was carrying, can you see, a heart. Agape Love himself was in this gift. The Teddies were just wonderful. They were non-threatening. A child could hold them. Mm-hmm. There's no gender. Yeah, I couldn't kill him because he's not real. But he was a comfort to many. And he carried this letter with him. Mm-hmm. And now, Teddy's still around. He's in my house. Yeah, he reminds me of you. That's right. All little Teddies. I have little statutes of children and mamas holding little babies. Because it helps me to remember about you. The spirit part of you. Even if you're grown up. That count in England. He was 80 years old. But inside. He was just an infant. Spiritually. Mm -hmm. He needed to be born again. And then start growing. On the milk of the word. Agape love. So let's get started. With part number 25. Before we begin though. What does Pastor Deborah always do? Pray, that's right. Anybody here would like to pray for us all? Oh, my goodness, way back there. Okay, you just go ahead and pray. No, you don't have to come up here where I am. No, you don't have to stand up. You just don't even have to talk out loud. You just pray what's in your heart for us. And for this God who wants to speak to you. And when you're finished, I'll close this out. You go right ahead. Wonderful. Dear Heavenly Father, you heard. These words from this precious little one about they don't know what to do out here in this world where there's evil and wicked things and people. They don't know you very well and they want to know you. They really don't know a lot about you or even themselves. Even a little baby, he said, doesn't know much. So, Father, help us to learn about you. Agape love himself and your great love for us. Help us to believe in you and your words, that they are spirit and they are words of life for our spirit. Help us. So when we get back to our bodies, Father, we can help our souls also know about you. 
Father, we thank you for your words of spirit and life coming through your Holy Spirit, anointed by your spirit itself, your words of agape love for us, for all of humanity, for all of time to come. We thank you in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're going to get started on number 25. We had just finished up talking about a lot of what agape love was. His voice of love was speaking to us about himself. And he was declaring to us that he himself, the heavenly father, was and is and always will be agape love. It's the whole power, the whole mission, the entire purpose of himself is to love. He is love. He cannot help but love. He is the source of this love. He is this love. So let's listen a little bit more about him and you and this agape love. We're going to go to the King James Bible. It's authorized King James Bible. It's the one I use because it has no commentaries by any denomination or theologian. It's just the exact words to the best of the abilities of the translators into English or your language. There's no commentaries. I have to use a Webster's Dictionary to help me. Did you know when I was first learning all of this, he had me look up every word, even the word like be, B-E, and the word and, A-N-D, or the word the, T-H-E. I had to look up every word. Then I had to look up the words in the Strong's Concordance, which helps you to understand the Greek and the Hebrew words. The Old Testament of the Bible is written in Hebrew, sometimes Aramaic. The New Testament was written in Greek, not Latin. But it was translated into Latin, which was the language of the old Roman Empire. And it stayed in Latin for thousands of years. And then God had to break it out. And in that process, People were killed and burned at the stake because the Holy Roman Empire, which Satan had gotten hold of, the kingdom of darkness was not going to allow this book, these words, to be reproduced into common languages of different nations. Uh -uh. It was going to stay in the Latin Vulgate language where only certain people These priests of this religion went to school and learned. And all their services were in Latin. Nobody knew what was being said. Most people couldn't read. So they put the stained glass windows up to show pictures. And they were told to trust the father, the priest, and just to do whatever they said. And that also involved paying a lot of indulgences, money, 
money to get out of purgatory, money to look at relics. They believed in ancient physical relics. They kept us, the early believers, not all of us, in the earthly world of relics and Latin. Mm-hmm. And God had to break out of that box. And he did. Men like William Tyndall, John Huss, William Carey, John Whitecliffe, all of these believed that the word should be in common languages. John Whitecliffe, he was from England. Mm-hmm. So was Tyndall. And they started translating this into English. Ooh, that the Roman church get mad, went after them. They both got burned at the stake. For how dare they translate it into common language for everybody to read? See, these Roman priests, <clears throat> this early form of Christianity, believe that the The common people were just children and they would misunderstand. And only the learned and the wise ones could interpret it. They took the place of the Holy Spirit. Who do you think was behind that? Keeping the word of God to just certain people. Wars were fought over this. Controls of nations by this religion was fought. Mm-hmm. You go study the history of Christianity in movies and documentaries. Go study the history of the King James Bible. It will help you. Now, that war was won. The Bible had broken out of Latin. It had broken out for all of humanity to have it. Now it's on YouTube. It's in audio form, video form. Movies are made. That victory was won. But early on, many died trying to get it to you. In your language. In written form. Now it's on audio, on YouTube. You can listen to it on podcast. The enemy of the word of God. Which we're going to learn about. Was defeated. So let's go to John 3. 16 through 18. John was a young man, and he was one of the first disciples, students, followers of Christ Jesus himself. These young men and a few others in the town of Galilee, they had been hearing about a Messiah. The anointed king of Israel was coming, the Christ. They were waiting and waiting. Oh, and many had come, but they and they got killed. Nothing happened. There were many miracles going on. Did you know the pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem used to be a Roman pool that was dedicated to a goddess of healing? Now, we don't know if the bubbling water was sort of like a sulfur bath or a hot springs or if a demonic spirit, actually a goddess, Came in there and did it. And if you were the first one, only the first one who got in that, you got healed. So competition to get your healing. You push and shove. 
sort of like the Olympics. You get the gold medal. So there were many, many people laying around the pool of Bethesda when a young man named Christ Jesus came. He knew about it. All the Jews knew about it because this town had been taken over by Rome. And this was built as a pool of healing for a goddess. So when a young man had been laying there for 38 years, trying to get somebody to put him in the pool when it got stirred, he never got there. He was waiting for this thing, this goddess, this spirit to stir the water. And Jesus Christ came along, said, get up. And he goes, I don't have any help. There's no man here to help me. Jesus says, get up. He didn't pray for him. Didn't lay hands on him. Didn't scream at him. Did it privately to his ears. Nobody else heard him at the pool. Jesus was just talking. The man started strengthening his legs and he got up and he was told to pick up your mat that you're laying on and walk. And he did. Well, Jesus disappeared. And this man had been around the pool 38 years, didn't know who he was. He quietly healed him. Now, Jesus knew later on he ran into this man in the temple. He walked up to him and said, now, don't you go and sin anymore. Or worse things will happen to you. What was he talking about? The church doesn't talk about it. The Bible doesn't say anything until you do some history looking and the Holy Spirit reveals to you. What was his sin? Trying to seek healing as a Jew, not in the synagogue, not from God, but from a goddess in a Roman healing pool of water. He was going to another source for his healing. For 38 years, he was seeking this goddess of that pool. He didn't have people take him to the synagogue. He didn't go and listen to the word of God. He sought out another source. That was his sin. He knew better. He was an adult. Mm -hmm. So don't you do that. Don't you go to any other source for your healing. Can you go to doctors? Sure. Have them pray for you. Have them read scriptures over you. Is the healing for your physical body? Yes, but sometimes it'll first come to your spirit. Then your spirit will be infused with healing and it will send it out to your soul. And then your soul will become so healed. It will heal your body. Yeah. Sometimes God does it that way. Sometimes God just comes in from an outside source, touches you. Or maybe just says, go, it's done. You don't have to be there physically anymore. You don't have to be in a church building. Don't have to be anointed with oil. It has nothing to do with any of that. Not saying you can't. But you go study all the ways that Jesus healed people during his lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. All right, let's do John 3, 16 through 18. Verse 16, for God, there he is. God means ultimate source. Nothing sustains him. He sustains himself. Doesn't need any light, any power source. He is 
the power source. For God so loved the world. Now, what is the world he's talking about? Is it the earth, the planet? Yes. Is it the world inside of you, a spirit, soul, and physical body? Yes. It's both. That he spiritually gave his only spiritually begotten son his own word. See him? Which we learned was Christ in the dirt body of Jesus. Christ means the anointed king. The word of God was even placed above God's head. God submitted himself to his own word. His word was him. His outbreathing, his spoken words of his heart, his mind. He put those in the Holy Spirit, inside the spirit called Christ. When that happened, Christ was anointed. And he was the son, the offspring, the image and likeness of the living God that was in him. Not the dirt body. The dirt body wasn't even of this earth. It didn't come from Mother Mary. God conceived it within himself, his own dirt. Mm -hmm. We say that you can conceive an egg and a sperm in a Petri dish, little one. I know a young man named Hans Williams. Yeah, that's how he was created. And then they can implant that in a surrogate woman. Now, the DNA comes from the sperm and the egg to form the body. So the DNA of the earthly body of Jesus did not come from Mary. And the placenta protected the baby from getting anything from Mary. It was just a surrogate, a womb. The placenta and the baby were providing itself with its own blood. Mm -hmm. You study it out. So now we have God in man. Emmanuel. In man was God. God in the Holy Spirit, by his words, were in Christ, inside his spirit. And why did he do that? So that whosoever spiritually believes in him, Christ and the word of God, should not spiritually perish, means be eternally spiritually separated from this God and eventually die a second death into hell or the lake of fire. Now, this world he's talking about is the government that's supposed to be the world over my spirit, the government over my soul, the government over my physical body. That's the world. And it's to be the kingdom of heaven, ruling and reigning with its laws, its justice, its commands, and its statutes. That's the world. And that was lost to God when the first child of God named Adam disobeyed, disobeyed the first commandment, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden. And he did through the encouragement of his helpmate, his wife named Woman. Her name was not Eve yet, but Woman. 
See, I even had to look at when they got their names and very interesting. The word Eve, which this woman eventually got, was after the fall when they were just flesh creatures. And the word Eve means the mother of all living. The only thing that was alive in humanity in this woman and this Adam was flesh. The lust of the eyes and flesh and the pride of life. They were no longer filled with the Holy Spirit. He had left. The moment the spirit man, the soul called Adam, took a bite of that fruit he was not to take a bite of and eat. The only thing alive was flesh. Their DNA was changed. Their eggs were changed, perverted and twisted, and became the very image and likeness of Satan, who was inside this serpent talking to them in the garden. No, that serpent's not here anymore. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, not sure if it's still here. It may be gone. But it wasn't the tree or the fruit. It was the command. We were to love and trust this God that we may not know the dangers of that tree. May not have been any. But it was the commandment that we had to obey. Sometimes Pastor Deborah gets some strange commandments. You can't go back to church. Too much evil. You can't pick up the telephone and call that person. You have to stop doing that. That's not called of God. And our flesh doesn't want to. And I may not understand why I'm given that commandment. And I may argue and be upset and I want to do it. I have to remember God can see years down the road. He can see things I cannot see. And I have to learn to obey him out of love that he's watching out for me. That he's looking out for me. That he cares much about me and being safe. So I can help him. He needs me to be close to him. In obedience to him. So him and I can work together. Here on earth and in the garden. For you. But that took me a long time. To understand that. Many a times I argued with him. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Why, why, why? And he would be silent. And I'd have to eventually get, okay. You know a whole lot more than I do. You can see years and generations into the future. You're trying to help me to stay where I need to be with you. Because I had prayed a long time ago, God help me. I don't know what's out there around the corner. Six months from now, a year, years from now. I don't know all the plans of the enemy. He does. And he will help you. You might get a little inkling. Don't go there. Don't call that person. Get off social media. Separate yourself from these people. Don't eat that. Don't watch that show. And you just ignore it or you don't hear it. So I had to trust him. I had to keep reminding myself many times through tears, God, you love me. And I asked you to protect me because I can't see like you can see. I don't know what you know, but you love me so much. And I'm going to trust that, that you are trying to protect me 
No matter how bad it feels, how much I want to do it, I'm going to trust you. And I would obey. Well, this Adam didn't do that. So we all fail. A lot of people think we aren't born evil. We are. We David tells us we were conceived in sin, disobedience to God. No Holy Spirit involved in the egg and the sperm. And we were raised in iniquity, perverseness, and wickedness. Yep. So here he's saying, I love the world, the kingdom of heaven, that was to be in you so much. I love that. That's my kingdom, my rulership for you and the earth. That I got to come down there and help you. Mm-hmm. But the first step is, I got to help you to believe in me. Through my son, my words, my deeds, my demonstration. That there is a government that is more powerful than the governments of all the nations. Mm -hmm. I just did that last night with an international leader. His soul was so hurt and wounded, a big demonic spirit rose up in him. And his spirit had been knocked out, imprisoned in a trance, and I had to go wake it up, do deliverance work. I didn't, a lot of times I'm troubled, and my eyes are closed, and I'll start seeing some faces that are ugly. And I have to ask God, what is that? And he's telling me, don't want me to see it real close. And I know what to do. Cast those things out. It was a strong man. It was hurting people. So I had to take care of that. I had to wake up the young man. His spirit, he was frightened. He was, and then pray over him so he could help his soul to calm down. That's the work of a mama, work of a healer, a deliverer. And that's the work of God working with Pastor Deborah. When you are become a freedom fighter, you never know when or what you're going to do. But you have to study. Another time, a few days ago, I had some young people, they're computer hackers. They came to me and they want to help do something. So I'm a special ops person. I watch a lot of World War II resistance movies and special ops and special forces. I know what they do. Mm -hmm. I'm a soldier. And I gave them their orders. And they'll carry them out. And they'll disrupt communications. Mm-hmm. They'll pull down things that they don't work. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Used to be telephone poles. Mm-hmm. Radio towers. Now it's computers, internet. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things. That's right. So you have to learn how to be a warrior to help people. You have to learn then how to be a priest and pray. That God will bring healing and do his work. That's him back there. He's always working 24-7. I don't know about you, but I do. So here in verse 16, he goes on and says that God does not want us to have a second death and to spiritually perish from him, but instead have spiritual everlasting Life and truth and knowledge of him. God the most high. 
the heavenly father. Verse number 17. For God spiritually sent not his spiritual son, his word, his Christ, into the dark spiritual world here on the earth and to be in us to spiritually condemn the world, the world, the ruling system, the government, the righteousness, the judges, the priest. My spirit was supposed to be the righteous ruler, but it was condemned. Mm-hmm. And the world that it served, the kingdom of darkness, with Satan, the adversary of God, as its ruler, was condemned right from birth, conception. And he said, I didn't send it to condemn you. You were already condemned. Yeah, the whole world, the government systems of the world, democracy, communism, socialism, authoritarianism, greed, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of the life that comes out of your soul. That's all condemned. Even your spirit was in darkness and ignorance, and it was condemned already. The world, the government that was to control your spirit was not of this heaven, not of this God, until you believe in him. It was all condemned already. I was condemned. Upon my earthly death, I'm going to hell. Then the lake of the fire for the second death. And during my days of being condemned, I had no relationship with God. I was spiritually separated, spirit to spirit from him. Didn't know his laws, his love for me. Didn't know about him. Yeah, that wasn't a nice place to be in, even as a small child. But thank goodness, earthly parents introduced me to him. And about three or four years old, I'm praying to him on my knees. I believed. Children in the womb can believe. Infants can believe. Mm -hmm. He tells us we were already condemned, all of humanity. So he didn't come down here to condemn us. We were already there. But instead, that the world, all of humanity, nature, All of animals and the earth and all the demons and devils and Satan himself should spiritually, through the word, Christ Jesus, they might be spiritually saved. Now, the demons cannot be. They knew the truth. They were not conceived in iniquity. They were conceived in glory. Lucifer used to look something like this. He may have been one of the stars out here shining with this light. He was pure and innocent. And then that light started blinding him. And he wanted the light to own it and then sit on the throne of heaven himself. That didn't work out too good. He got down here with us. Now we have to deal with him. Mm -hmm. God's trying to say, you're in a mess. You have a problem. I got the answer. You got to believe in my son who went to a cross. Got to believe in me as the son of God. And that will cause you 
to be spiritually born again, brand new, no longer condemned. Verse number 18. He that spiritually believes on him, who? Christ, the anointed one, not the dirt, Jesus. The dirt called Jesus made him legal here on earth. To be a legal spirit, to be a legal human, you got to have dirt from this earth. And you have to have a spirit that's connected to it through a silver cord. Well, all the demons, they did not ever have dirt from this earth. They did never had that kind of body covering them. But they want to be like the Holy Spirit to come into your spirit and into your soul and be your God. Be the voice of God. Be the Holy Spirit to you, your teacher and guide and healer. The force that you use. Mm -hmm. Because that was the pattern set by God. Mm -hmm. They know that's the best pattern. They know that's the plan. And that's what most of us get. At birth. Mm -hmm. Pastor Deborah had it. I had to be delivered. I had to learn about this God. Believe in him. And the process began. So in verse 18. He says. He that spiritually believes. On him. On Christ. On this word of God. Made flesh. Is not spiritually condemned anymore. Just by believing. Now you can be of another religion. And believe that Jesus came. He was a prophet. A teacher. Just a man. And yes he went to the cross. And he died. Is that believing on Christ? No. That's believing on the dirt part. Christ is the word of God. The Holy Spirit. Inside the spirit. And he got up. Out of the tomb on the third day. But most religions don't believe that. He's just one of the many wise men. Prophets, teachers, just a human. Nothing divine about that guy. So is that believing in Christ Jesus? No. That's only believing in the man. He said, but if you believe on him, that he is real, he came. He was inside of Jesus. He was the Christ, the son of the living God, the very image and likeness of God himself. And he went to the cross for you and he rose again. You believe that. That's what it means to believe on him. Well, then then you're no longer spiritually condemned. What happens? You get born again. Your spirit burst out of the cocoon. A Hebrews 4.12 comes. You're a new creature. Never been created before. The old spiritual you is gone. Dead. Baby. Infant. Now it has to feed on the milk of the word. Agape love. And it has to grow and learn and drink. Some of the people I worked with. Out of multi-generational Satanism. I just had to tell them. He loves you. I love you. We love you. No matter what you do to hurt yourself, to hurt others, to hurt. We love you. We love you. He loves you. And they'd say, how could he do it? Doesn't he know what I do? And we go, yes, we both know. But we love you. 
That's the milk of the word. We love you. And then it goes on here in verse 18 and says, but he that spiritually believes not in this, in God, in Christ Jesus, as a spiritual redeemer, a spiritual father, a spiritual copy love. Some people claim that God looks like a moon or a star or a beast or a half animal and half human or a rock or a tree. He doesn't. His nature's in it. He created them. But he says, if you don't believe in Christ, the son of the living God, the word of God made flesh inside of the dirt body of Jesus who went to a cross at 33, died for you to redeem you, buy you back, to save you from the second death, to save you from being condemned, separated from this loving father. If you don't believe that he died for you and then rose from the dead three days later, you're still condemned in your spiritual separation, your ignorance, your darkness. You haven't had a new birth experience yet. That's what that means. And why is that so? It goes on because he has not spiritually, spiritually, your spirit, not your soul, but your spirit has not believed in the name, the nature, the essence, the image, the likeness of the only spiritually begotten son, the word of God. Christ Jesus was the only begotten, breathed out son of God. So you have to get there first. And you may not be there. You might think he's a wonderful teacher, wise man, a prophet. He has a lot of good things to say, but he's not the son of God because gods don't have children. Ours doesn't. You're just to obey him. And if you don't, you're in trouble. So we go on to another scripture. John, same little guy who was one of his first disciples, 8-12. Now, these scriptures were written about 40 years after all of this happened. This is from the authorized King James Bible also. Verse number 12. I am the spiritual light, the truth, the knowledge of the world. He is saying, I, the expressed word of God, Christ, who comes to you in the spirit of Jesus, comes to you in the dirt body of Jesus. I am the light, the truth, the knowledge of the world. And he that spiritually follows, believes in me, obeys, follows me, shall not spiritually walk in spiritual darkness, which is ignorance, but shall have the spiritual light, the truth of life, knowledge 
of the Most High God and his heavenly kingdom of heaven through the Holy Spirit. So when you believe in Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God, who is anointed by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in him, the very God of all of creation himself in spirit form. It's like he is in up there in the third heaven and in us. Now he's too big to be actually in us. So he puts his spirit in our spirit. He makes a throne room, a city of peace, a new Jerusalem. That's what he calls his kingdom. And it's in the Holy Spirit. How we learn about this is you go watch Dr. Miles Monroe from the Bahamas Faith Ministry. Now, he is dead and gone to heaven, but he got it, got the kingdom of heaven, not religion, not denominations, because he grew up under a British colony. He understood kingdoms and kings. Wonderful teachings are on the website in a playlist. He helped me to understand religion versus kingdom. So when we're talking here in the Most High God, we're talking king and kingdom. Even Jesus Christ on his trial with Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate asked him, hey, I hear you say you're a king. A king is a political ambassador, a political ruler, a politician, a warrior, all authority and dominion over the territory. And Christ says, you said so. He says, hey. I'm a king, and I was born for that reason, to testify to that. And I got a legion of angels, and if I called them right now, they'd wipe you out in all of Rome. This was king to king, power to power, authority to authority, soldiers to soldiers. You didn't hear Christ Jesus say, I'm a priest. He was. I'm an evangelist sent. He was. I'm an apostle sent by God. He was. But talking in the political realm to a king under Caesar. So Pilate would understand that Jesus was saying, I'm under a Caesar too, which means Lord. But he ain't of this world. I'm a king, but not of this earth. I'm from somewhere else. And I'm under their authority. And I can call for some things you don't know nothing about. And Miles Monroe helped me to see this. I pulled my membership out of a church and I became a kingdom citizen of the one true church. There's only one. There's no denominations in the kingdom. The church is the body of Christ. Believers. That's right. So he is saying that you will get that knowledge and truth about him and about you in the kingdom from the most high God. Through the Holy Spirit. Let's do one last scripture. John 8. 31. Verse 31. If you spiritually continue. In my spiritual word. Then. Are you my spiritual disciples. Many people get born again. Babies. They drink the milk of the word. God loves me. But their souls won't die. Won't give up their rulership. The world comes in. Satan comes in. They can't hold under the pressure 
the fear, the temptation. Especially if you've been traumatized as a child, you'll form multiple personalities. They're all weak. You're many, but you're one. You are one, but you are many. He says, you can get started right, but you got to continue to follow me. Stay on sort of fire for me. Continue every day studying, learning, walking this way, repenting when this happens. Continually to be, your soul must continue to die. Get weaker and weaker until it becomes a pure helpmate to the spirit. And it does not interfere with its emotions, its feelings. When you speak, it is just a conduit of the spirit out through the physical body. And it has no more clothes or jewelry on the spirit. It does not provide the spirit's personality, thoughts, knowledge to it anymore. It is simply a helpmate, a servant to the spirit. And he has said, if you continue in my word, then are you my spiritual disciples, students, followers, indeed. And you shall spiritually know the spiritual truth. Lots of truths we have to learn about ourselves, about our soul, about our spirit, about about him. About his words, about Satan, his devils, his demon, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of heaven. We have much to learn. We need to stay in school, reading and studying every day. You don't have to read lots of scriptures. Just take one word. I do a wonderful teaching for children. As you know, we might take the word Lord. Or what does the word deliverance mean? Or what does the word healing me or what does the word god mean children need simple words do you remember when you were learning in school maybe the word cat or dog you saw a picture of it you learned the letters about it you wrote it you read stories about it you took a test on it Uh takes a lot of work to memorize visualize understand And know the truth about a cat versus a dog. That's right. Now, you may call it a different name. But it takes a lot of work. And he is saying, you have to do the same thing with me. When you're born again, you're a baby. you got to go to school for the rest of your earthly life and beyond. All those people that just get born again and then they die, they're in school in heaven. They have to learn. Because God wants them back on earth with knowledge and truth about him and them. So he is saying, you'll be his spiritual students, followers indeed. And you'll spiritually know the spiritual truth, not the worldly truth, not Satan's truth. And the spiritual truth that you learn will make you spiritually free. Free of what? Ignorance. Ignorance is a terrible slave master. You won't be bewitched anymore. You'll see and learn and want to know what is really going on. You won't have to just follow blindly. He said, you'll be free of the spiritual slavery 
and bondage to sin and to death and separation from him. Ignorance brings sin. Sin is death, disobedience. When you sin, you're cut off from God. And he has to hold back his judgment to help you recover. And he will help you do that when you make a mistake, if you correct yourself. So your conscience has to become unseared. Oh, it is just hard. Has none. And you have to learn. Have a tender conscience towards him. So he can speak. Don't do that. Don't say that. That was wrong. That's the wrong thing to think. Change. So he is trying to send his words of agape love to feed you and nourish you, bring you light and truth into your spirit through his Holy Spirit in you. But he's got to get his Holy Spirit back in you. That's what believing in him does. Then you get a Hebrews 4.12, a spiritual circumcision, where you're born again, right out of the soul. The soul is a miry clay of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, little one, and the pride of life. And he says, I want to birth you new out of that, out of death comes life. You, a new creature, a baby, a child of the light. That's what all those lights are. They're like moths just flying around. Now, you see, some things are coming towards the light, right? Those are people that are dying. They're coming into the very heart of God. And then sometimes people do die and they get there, as you see in the movements, and they're told they can't stay. They're needed back on earth. Others are out we out here on the galaxies. So you be encouraged. God wants to help you. He wants to birth you anew. He wants to give you truth and light. He wants to help you grow. He wants to guide you and lead you because he loves you. And he's here if you will let him help you. You just got to believe that the God of King David is God the Most High. Then that he sent his son, his word made flesh, inside of this dirt body named Jesus. And when he went to the cross, he paid the price for your disobedience and your issues. And if you believe in that, and then that he rose from the grave three days later, you're born again. Now you start following him, being a disciple. Believing in him, drinking in his agape love, his love for you. It'll take a long time for some people. The other kingdom is too powerful. They've lived in trances and fear so long. Their little spirit's just a baby. But if you get a chance to live, Pastor Deborah did, you study. You study him every day. You drink in his food and eat his nourishment, his word of God for you. And that ends part number 25 of my dear spiritual child letter from me, Agape Love himself. We'll pick up next week in part number 26. We still have a little bit more to go 
in teaching you about agape love. Then on to another part of the letter. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words of spirit and life. We thank you that you loved us so much. You sent forth your son, your very image and likeness, your word made flesh in the name and the presence of Christ Jesus himself, your image and likeness inside of dirt called Jesus. Thank you, Father, that in the fullness of time, he went to the cross as your lamb, that he allowed himself to be sacrificed for me, to take all the sins unto himself, to pay the legal righteous judgment that was due. And Father, we thank you that when that was done, you said it is finished. And humanity was forgiven. And now the job would begin to help them believe in your sacrifice of yourself. Your word went to the cross for us. Help us, Father, to believe in you as the most high God. Not a star or a moon or idols or trees, but you. And that we are your children, lost from you, separated due to sin. And you desire to have us home, but not in the condition that we're in, but in a new way, a new creation, a child of the light. Come home through the cross. Thank you, Father, for sending your Holy Spirit and your word and your Christ and doing the sacrifice for us. Thank you for your love is so great. It's eternal for us. We don't yet know how much you really love us and what you had to pay to get us back. But if we will just believe, Father, with your help, you will birth us us anew out of the soul, a new creature in Christ, never been created before. From out of death would come life, us, your children. And we could come into your presence of agape love, into your very heart and light, here in the garden and in heaven, without fear, without being destroyed. And we could feel your love for us, permeating us, touching us, filling us, flowing through us as your children. Help us to take on these beliefs in you, that we are your children, that you will help us to have the belief that we too are a child of the Most High God, an offspring of the one true living and eternal God, you, agape love. Your mother's side is so powerful, Father. The love you have, for you are love. Help us to drink it in. Feed and nourish off it as you nourish us as a child with a bottle of milk. Let your milk of the word build us, nourish us, strengthen us. For you are God who loves us, and you are love itself. Thank you, Father. Amen.
Okay, I'll see you next week in number 26. Bye.